My name is Boyd Varty. I think of myself as an artist of experience. My passion is to create transformational experiences for myself and others as a way to explore what it means to truly live. My central exploration is to live on what I would call the track of your life. To me, this is to live courageously towards the discovery of what you are called to and to what life asks of you. So much of how I live has been informed by my passion as an animal tracker. I'm following the trail of my own life and reporting back. This show is a daily broadcast from a treehouse on the Londolozi Game Reserve in the wild eastern part of South Africa. Londolozi is a 14,000 hectare wilderness reserve adjacent to the Kruger National Park. The land is home to lion, leopard, rhino, elephant and buffalo, as well as a variety of other animals. I am your host, Boyd Varty. My goal is to spend 40 days and 40 nights alone in the wilderness to explore the archetype of the mystic in nature and hone my skills as a tracker. These are my daily stories. Day 11. Paradise Lost. Journal Entry. I suspect things get a little weirder from here. Or maybe more mysterious, depending on how you look at it. The leopards are still mating, up and down the far bank. It's like living next door to a very passionate couple. I have become very aware of the shape of my own energy field. As I move through the bush, it is as if each footstep is a pebble into a pool. A little wave of energy moves, and with it, birds take flight and mongoose scamper at specific distance. Yesterday I sat on a small anthill and pulled my energy inward. I sat very still. Soon a bird party had surrounded me, chattering and flittering. It was as if, as if for a moment I disappeared. In the camp this morning, a sound like the beginning of a rain shower, and then a herd of elephants walking in single file to the water, branches whispering against their bodies. I know I must resist the urge to fall all the way into the poetic, but it's difficult. Everything is so beautiful. I'd like to tell you a story of reclamation. It's a story about my friend Lawrence van der Post. It was after the war, and he had returned to South Africa a shattered man. He wanted to go and see his family, but he could not, on account of what he had seen. He came instead to camp alone in this wild eastern region. On the evening of the second or third day, he was sitting alone at the base of a tree by a waterhole when a kudu came down to drink. It was late evening, still, sunset. The buck lowered its head to drink, and just then a breeze blew the man's scent across the water. The animal looked up for a moment, and the kudu's eyes met the man's. And in that moment, in the innocence of that gaze, Van der Post was healed, and he felt like he could go and see his family again. In the heat of the day, I was cooking my pup down by the base of the tree. Two dish towels, a red one and a blue one, were drying on a branch. For a moment, in the rain-washed air, the color and the shape of them in the tree took me into a state of absolute clarity. It was like a dish towel satori, 
The whole world was perfect. This was my camp. This was God's plan. I was exactly where I was meant to be. Exactly. Without a doubt. When was the last time you had that feeling? And I understand this might not translate, so let me try and explain it like this. I grew up in a Shangan village attached to a safari camp. I have deep memories from that time. Memories of reed mats being woven and dirt being swept clean by a handmade broom made of brush. Washing hanging on lines and foaming plastic containers full of laundry. I remember shoes drying on reed walls. People walking around with big two-litre bottles of Fanta grape. I remember soccer games on dirt clearings. I remember for some reason that the referee's name was Coke and no one ever really listened to him. I recall being grabbed by the arm and flung onto someone's back and then tied tight with a towel. I remember the colour of that time and the characters and the endless hand-me-down clothes everyone wore. Yesterday, when I looked at those two coloured dish towels, I swear, for a moment, I was innocent again. Back in time, with those wonderful people in that beautiful village in the wild, before anything in me was broken. Someone once told me that the loss of innocence occurs at the moment you become self-conscious, just like Adam and Eve in the garden. Maybe the colour struck me so deep because I remember another time that was so cold and grey. The village was gone, and in its place, an institution. The sky was grey, the people were grey, the food was grey. And I, porous as artists are when they are young, nearly drowned in that grey. And I know I need to tell you more about that, but I don't know how yet. But here now, I'm back in the land of colour, and catharsis, at the time of resurrection, back in the garden, unashamed. I once heard it said that one of the biggest differences between people and animals is that people behave differently in private while animals don't. I've always wondered why that is. Shame, or to be ashamed, happens when your own feelings are not safe. Most people I isolate themselves when they're ashamed. It's the impulse to stand up and walk out of the room when the tears or the rage come. Here, though, there is no one to judge or compare. It's just me with the alive presence of nature. It's like being witnessed with complete equanimity. The presence of God permeating me not with judgment, but an alive stillness, of which I know I'm a part. Yesterday, <laughs> a breeze blew the lid of the trunk onto the top of my head while I was rummaging. It clonked me pretty hard, and for a moment I went into rage. It passed incredibly fast, just a clean burst of release. And I realized that for anger to really hang around, it often needs company. Clean anger seems to come, it restores boundaries, it helps release, and it's gone. Dirty anger 
is like an outward expression of anger you maintain so that other people will know you're angry. Let me try and say what I'm trying to say like this. Where your attention goes, your life goes. Over the last 11 days, I've been returning my attention back to nature. I've turned it to curiosity, to being, to sounds and animals, to stars and sunrises, and birds and trees, and the sound of a river. I have told these stories for us. I have tracked and run and sat still. I've swam in the river and sat for hours around my friend the fire. And I have changed. I so want this for you. I want us all to be well again in this way. Attuned in some ways to this unfathomable aliveness, to this relational field of connection, to the felt presence of something great unfolding, to the way a wild place generates a unique day without any effort. Not once during the last 11 days has there been a moment of boredom. I'm alone all the time. Something is always happening. When we wake up in our lives, what do we wake up out of? Often a limitation is a deeply held belief about how it has to be. A great challenge then is to discover your own limitations in belief. I think that's what someone who inspires us does. They move the dial on what's possible. They change in some ways what we believe. People attune to new possibilities. Four-minute miles become the norm. Eleven days ago, I didn't know I could feel this alive. What does that mean for all of us? A collective limit reset of what life could be. And I should be clear here, I have no judgment of anyone's life. I just dispatch from this new awareness inside myself. And I guess I'm afraid. I'm afraid that unless we do the work of reimagining the possibility of life, we will keep teaching the children to want the wrong things. Last year, over a million people committed suicide in the USA. The wellness industry will boom, and I'm certain we will buy more supplements. We will come up with systems that help you hack eating with an app that says eat less. We will add more adaptogens to our green juice. We will buy a machine that makes us cold. We will find a way to sell a sick spirited people a way to feel better. But what we are looking for to me does not need that much gadgetry. Tonight I want you to turn off all the lights and light a fire. Ask yourself when did I feel most alive. When did I last know I was exactly where I was meant to be? How do I find the limit and go beyond it? Now, I must go and find a kudu to gaze at. 4-0, out. This has been another episode of the Track Your Life podcast with Boyd Varty. Follow us on Instagram at Boyd underscore Varty, Twitter at Boyd Varty. Visit Boyd's website 
at boydvati.com or subscribe to this podcast in your favorite podcast player. Please rate and review this podcast so that more people can find and enjoy it.